1: be there. Yeah.
2: Now, live from beautiful Myrtleby, South Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Yes! Yes! Yes,
3: it's me! It's me! Keep clapping this year, it's almost over, keep clapping for the end of year miracle How would we know that you wanted this year to finally end if you didn't keep clapping? Folks, welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. It's almost over. 2020 is almost... You know, I don't know why I give 2020 such a hard time. I actually had a good... I had a good 2020. I know many others did not, and it's almost over. The murder hornets have almost been defeated, folks, and uh, we are we're still here and uh it's only like a uh, like 36 hours or i guess by the time you're seeing this it's like what 24 well 28 hours left on eastern time and slightly more than that an hour more for each time zone past that this episode is a muddied waters media production as always check us out on facebook instagram youtube twitch twitter we're everywhere. Check us out everywhere. Go to muddywatersmedia.com for this and every single episode. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash uh to check out our podcast. We are on all the podcasting apps. We're on Spotify. We're on everything. Check us out. Share this video. Share this podcast. Share However you're watching or listening to this, share it. Share it right now. Please, please share it. Because the last thing that Big Tech wants is for you to share the truth. And the truth is this show. This show is the truth. Be sure to share it. Uh, The last thing I want is for your closest friends and loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast that originally aired on a Wednesday Evening, Give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids love it. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle related caucus in this or any other caucus in this really in any country, not just in this country, but anywhere on Earth. Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, become a member today by going to the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus Facebook group and becoming a member. And if you want to become an official certified member, uh, go to the Muddy Waters Media Store uh, at MuddyWatersMedia.com to purchase your Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. It's only five dollars, and you are an official certified member. You will be certified, and that is that's the greatest gift of all is being certified, folks. This episode, of course, is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K. I don't know why, but it is. We just spell things how we want now. This is 2020. We're leaving behind... We left behind spelling things correctly in 2019. I don't know what's happening for this year, but at least for now, this is spelled B-L-V-C-K. Uh, go to Black Brews, B-L-V-C-K-Brews.com, to order some of the most delicious cold-brewed organic coffee to ever be horrifically misspelled. Uh, and be sure to use the checkout code MW for free shipping. Uh, and of course, this episode is brought to you by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you are in the Tampa Bay area of Florida and you find yourself personally injured, go to ChrisReynoldsLaw.com and he will get you money because that's what that's what personal injury attorneys do. I probably should have a better way of promoting that, but I mean, if you've been injured and you want money, go to Chris Reynolds. He will do a fantastic job. I can't guarantee that legally, but he is a very, very good attorney. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that uh, that promotion. But if you are injured, Chris Reynolds. Go to him. The intro and outro music to this in every single episode. Of my fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented, talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J O D A V I. Check him out on his Facebook. Go to his SoundCloud. Go to his Bandcamp, joe Davi Music.bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. It's like $25. Go buy it. Make yourself happy. It's fantastic music if you watch this entire episode all the way to the end you'll get to hear the outro that's also from joe davi fantastic movie thank you thank you so much joe davi for the music i'd like to thank what am i drinking today nestle pure life for this delicious water that i already mostly drank already because this this is pre-recorded so uh i know it's pre-recorded but i am live in the comments so be sure to talk to me i'm here right now watching you watching this isn't that creepy Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank Nestle Pure Life for this water. It's delicious. I'm drinking the rest of it. It's going to be weird because it's like Inception. Because uh, in this episode that I'm about to show in this interview, there's more water. And we're starting with less water. That's what Inception was about, right? What was Inception about? Anyway, Bula That is delicious water. Shout out to Tehran Turks, his mom and him, as always. Folks, my guest tonight is a well-known British-based rapper, podcaster, author, entrepreneur, and clothing magnate. I just, I'm calling him a magnate. I don't care. Uh, he has just released his book, Strong Advice, Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, please welcome to the show, Zuby. Zuby, thanks so much for having you on. I'm super excited to have you on.
2: Happy to be here, Spike.
3: How you doing? i'm doing fantastic man in fact uh you probably don't remember this but uh uh, about two years ago year and a half ago uh the co-owner of muddy waters media uh matt wright reached out to you and asked if it was okay to use your song perseverance uh as the intro music to our show the muddy waters of freedom and so we have used that on and off we used it straight for about probably man what several months uh, but then we, we use it off and on. We do these uh, video intros typically, but when we don't, Perseverance is our go-to for, for our music. So thank you so much for letting us use your music. And, uh, and, and again, thank you so much for coming on it. Folks, be sure to chime in with your questions and thoughts. Uh, Muddy Adwins are standing by to tell you if you are right or wrong. Now, Zuby, this is your first time on My Fellow Americans, uh, hopefully first of many. Um, and uh, I, anytime I have someone come on my show for the first time, I asked them, where do you think it is that got you to your current state of uh, beliefs, especially political beliefs, but just your overall uh, uh, belief system that you have today? Everyone has their story of how they got here, whether it was an aha moment or sort of a gradual evolution over time. Tell us the Zubi story.
2: Okay. Lowell, um, like most things in the world, I think it's a combination of nature and nurture. I'm not someone who has really shifted that much politically over, I would say, the course of my lifetime. I mean, I used to be relatively apolitical, but I think even as a child or certainly as a teenager, if you were to sort of pull me on certain things, I guess I would probably come out as slightly right-leaning, slightly conservative-leaning on the majority of issues and topics and ideas. So I'm not someone who kind of has a story of like, oh, you know, I used to be a lefty or I used to be a liberal and then, you know, I became conservative (laughs) or something like that. I've kind of always been where I've been. All that's happened is I've gained a better idea and more nuance and thinking around my ideas. And I've also become a lot more willing to talk about them. So up until about 2018, I mean, I don't think many people really knew unless you knew me very personally. I don't think really anyone really knew my political views. Maybe they could infer certain things from um, certain things I'd say here and there. But, you know, I used to just be apolitical publicly, right? As a rapper, as a musician, I was like, look, let me just put out my music and do my thing. And on social (laughs) media, I'll make that all about my music. I don't want to chime in too much on social issues, cultural issues, certainly not politics or religion. And in 2018, that that, that shifted pretty drastically. And I started just using my Twitter in particular to -hmm. talk a little bit more about some of the issues. I I view myself more as someone who's interested in society and culture and social dynamics and um, morality, all that kind of stuff, much more so than I am in the nitty gritty of politics. It's, It's quite rare to hear me talking about specific politicians or specific parties or specific policies, stuff like that, because I'm more interested in the sort of human experience and why people think what they do, why they believe what they do, etc. Right, right, right. That's what really interests me. I'm more of a cultural warrior and cultural person than I am a directly um, political person. So I think, um, you know, some of it is just how I was raised. I mean, I'm from... um, you know, I, I grew up in a Nigerian slash British household. I lived in Saudi Arabia for 19 years. I've yeah. traveled to 30-something different countries. I've been to a lot of places. I'm someone who was very much raised with the principles of, you know, education, hard work, personal responsibility, discipline, not feeling entitled, working for what you have, um, you know, being rewarded for how hard you work and how well you do, et cetera not just for simply showing up, all those kind of things, which I think in this day and age, most people would infer as more conservative leaning. Um, I don't necessarily think absolutely everything in there needs to be conservative per se.
3: Right, right, right.
2: You know, certainly by Western standards, you know, growing up, I mean, I think most people who grow up in a, you know, with Nigerian parents, African parents in general, or perhaps even Asian parents, right? I think there are certain things that get instilled in you which are more, from a Western perspective, those are values that would certainly be more considered conservative. Um, I'm also from a Christian family as well, so that's that's part of it as well. Right. So in terms of a shift, I think all that's happened with me is I've kind of gone downwards on the political spectrum, so I've maybe gone from being sort of like center-right to being more center-right libertarian leaning, you know, as I've just learned more about stuff and seen how the government behaves uh, globally, historically, currently, right. everything like that. I'm someone who's uh, got a, a very healthy skepticism of the whole thing. You know, I'm not full blown uh, anarchist who thinks the entire thing should yet. be abolished. I, I don't yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever. I don't think I'd ever get there. I don't think I'd ever get there. I don't that's think it's. Fair. I don't think that's it's fair. That's fair. But, Give um, it time. Yeah, but that. that those <laughs> are my sort of general leanings. But I like to think I, I've got a pretty good understand, even with people I disagree with. I can yeah. generally understand where they're coming from and I try to be um, you know, very open-minded and I, yeah. I like having conversations with people and discussing things, debating things, understanding all different sides so that whether I agree with someone or I disagree with a certain view, I can at least see where they're coming from and not just assume that it's based on malice or stupidity, just like I wouldn't want anyone doing that with my views.
3: Right, exactly. It's an interesting thing that you noted there. Outside of the Western world, the stuff that you just said—that you know you got to work hard for what you want, that you can't just show up and expect things—that's not really considered left or right. That's just sort of what most people think. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my 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 in-laws, my my wife's family are West Indian, and so a lot of I was grinning while a lot of the things that you were saying. Very similar themes uh, from from that family is you know you work you 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 work hard and an honest living for what you have and mm. don't expect anything past the you know value that you've demonstrated and all of that so uh and and I don't think that they would consider themselves right wing or conservative necessarily mm. but in the Western world that sort of is that so it sounds like you're more sort of interested in culture than the actual like like you said brass tacks, nitty gritty political stuff. What would you say was that sort of an aha or gradual evolution that made you decide to be more vocal? Was there a thing that happened or was it just sort of you found yourself, you know, you started by saying, oh, well, you know, I don't think I really want to get into politics or talk about it. And after a while, you're thinking, holy crap, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, uh, starting uh, very deep uh, sociopolitical and cultural debates. Was it was it sort of you figured that figured out you were doing that or was that something, you know, was there something that led to that?
2: Yeah, there was actually a story leading up to it. So I'd say okay. around 2015, I started to feel like the world was getting weird, right? The modern Western world was becoming increasingly unmoored from, I don't know, there were just a lot of things going on where I was like, this is weird, right? Whether this okay. is um, people suddenly starting to put feel like they need to announce their pronouns, Or the idea that, you know, you can magically now just say that you're a man or a woman or non-binary or any other gender that you've just made up and that you are actually like literally, you know, now transformed into that thing. I was seeing the rise of, um, you know, people being deplatformed at university campuses, especially in the USA and in Canada, people, you know, arguing against freedom of speech. All these things which, um, you know, ironically actually are quite liberal values, but the people who are calling themselves liberal suddenly, you know, being a free speech advocate suddenly made made someone right wing, right? Having just basic ideas around responsibility or something, you know, those people are now being called uh, racist or this or that. And of course, in 2016, in the UK, you had Brexit. In the USA, you had the election of Donald Trump, both things which I... Saw which a lot of people didn't, which was interesting. Um, you know, I thought both of those things were like fifty-fifty, whereas other people thought they were ninety-five to five. Right, right, And I was like, mm, you know, Donald Trump could become president. You know, I'm mad I didn't put money on it. <laughs> you no know, Brexit, I was like, I think this thing is a toss-up, this man. Because you know, very well, I, pass. Yeah, in, yeah. Now, you know, I travel all over the country, so I'm not kind of just in one like just London-centric London. bubble yep. with other, you know, university graduates or whatever. I'm traveling all over the UK. I'm going north. I'm going to the Midlands. And I'm like, man, a lot of these people are going to vote to leave the EU. Um, and then I saw that. And then that happened. And then the reaction to that also happened, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, suddenly everyone is a, a racist or a Nazi or a white supremacist. And suddenly everyone is xenophobic. You know, anyone you disagree with is all of these horrible things. And there was just all this stuff going on. I saw I saw the rise of Jordan Peterson early. I saw you know him combating that Bill C16 in Canada and um you know he came on my radar and I saw how people were responding to him and treating him and all of these things together and I was just like, man, there's something there's something weird going on here. You know, there's something very weird going on here. And then um the final straw for me actually was in early 2018 when um there was someone I'm not going I'm not going to name him, but he was the University. He was the student union president at one of the universities here in the UK, Mm -hmm. and this is someone who, uh, you know, I've met before. Who, you know, I don't know well, but I know I've met personally. And um, he's a major, major SJW type. You know, always putting like huge virtue signaling posts up on Facebook, just okay. The whole running the whole gamut of that. And I normally just kind of like um, ignore his posts, but he posted something which was basically along the lines of, um, you know as a university um as it was about the university debate society and it was basically saying i support free speech but i don't you know he's kind of saying i support free speech but people shouldn't be allowed to um express views that are offensive something like that right and i was like "Wait, hang on right this is is not free speech right right right. and this is coming from a university president yeah yeah, okay So I'm like, wait, hang on here. So all these things culminating, I'm like, wait. And so I responded to this public Facebook post. We we both have like quite large followings, so this became a public conversation. I said, hang on there. What, what do you, what do you mean by that? You can't say you support free speech and then you want to censor or deplatform ideas that disagree with you or whatever. And we had we had this whole back and forth where, you know, funnily enough, even his followers were generally massively siding with me. 'Cause he was trying to like tag people into the conversation thinking they'd agree with him, but they'd always <laughs> and they're like, end up act- actually Yeah, they'd actually end up agreeing with me. And <laughs> anyway, the, the conversation ended with him literally saying people like Zuby have views which are regressive, dangerous, and which lead to people getting killed. People like Zuby should not be allowed on university campuses. Wow. Okay. So and so this is a penny drop moment where I'm like okay, like I'm, I'm a pretty moderate, very level-headed, well-raised, very polite dude. I'm like, okay, so there's a university president here, British university, who thinks that I, Zuby, that I, I, my views are so radical and beyond the pale that I should not even be allowed
3: on campus. On you know.
2: a, yeah. I should not even be allowed on a university campus. Yep. So I'm like, wow. Okay. This is how far, this is how far this thing is going. Cause I, yep. I am no extremist. I am not a radical. I don't. I don't have any viewpoint that um, you know gets anybody killed. <laughs> let let a, you know not not even not even close to. I don't know how a viewpoint gets someone killed to begin with. But I, I was like, okay, this this stuff is going too far, and I think that was the straw that kind of broke the camel's back for me. And I was like, okay, I need to speak up because I'm seeing some people speaking up here, and you know, I'm following guys like Dave Rubin, Joe Rogan, you know, Jordan Peterson, Gadside. Mm. I'm seeing certain people talking speaking up, right. and I'm like okay, at this stage, me being silent is almost me being complicit in this because if more people don't start standing up and challenging some of these like actually dangerous ideas, um, then this is going to get real bad real quick because, I mean, I, I finished university in 2007, which is not, you know, which is a while ago, but it's not that long ago. And in 2007, a lot of this stuff wasn't a thing, right? It just, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing, right? The whole safe spaces, trigger warnings, de-platforming people, this yep, like yep. anti-free speech, all, all of this stuff was, it's, it's, it's like, man, this this has happened quickly. Like this has happened really quickly and I'm concerned about this. So I just started, you know, tweeting a little bit more openly and aggressively about my <laughs> thoughts on some of these things. Right, and right, then right. that st- that started to really resonate Snowball. with some people. Yeah. yeah. And then in, I had, a, my first viral tweet was in 2018 and it was, um, you remember Kanye West came out and he he wore the MAGA hat and he visited the White House and he was supporting yes. Trump and whatever. Yeah. And the backlash that he got and the names that people were calling him, et cetera, all that stuff. I put out a tweet related to that, and that tweet went viral. And um, that's when I really started to get a lot of American followers, actually, because before that my following was primarily UK based. And then I put out this one tweet that had something to do with Kanye West and just the fact that he, you know, he, everybody. Anybody, you know, should be allowed to express their feelings, right? Express right, right, their right. politics, right? Yeah. Why, why can he, you know, if he said that he was supporting some Democratic candidate, right, there would have been no backlash. There but by nothing, him yeah. wearing a yeah. MAGA hat and saying he supports Trump, all of a sudden people are even calling him racial epithets. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Um, so that was kind of, that, that was the, the sort of crack that kind of broke me through in that regard. And then of course, in early 2019, I identified as a woman, I broke the British women's deadlift record that went very, very viral. And that just sort of put my whole thing on a, on a rocket ship and somewhat changed the trajectory, even of what I'm known for prior to that. You know, I was always primarily known for my music um, and I'm going to be putting out a new album next year to bring some of that back. But a lot of, like you know, a lot of people now know me for my social commentary, shall we say? Political um, slash
3: social commentary. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so
2: that's the story of how it happened.
3: So I, I want to ask because you know you you mentioned that you've been told that you shouldn't be on college campuses. You you don't want me to add under your byline known white nationalist or something like that like that's no i
2: have i have been <laughs> a, accused of being a white supremacist but um I can, d- despite yeah. the rumors um i'm not shocking shockingly I mean, shockingly there aren't, <laughs> there aren't that many people such as myself or even you know such as yourself who would you yes. know, sort of fall under that banner but I mean, they've been doing their diversity hiring, apparently. But
3: the, you know. are a diverse. See, this is how far circle we've come on tolerance, folks. That <laughs> that now the white nationalists have diversity hires of of the uh, the child of uh, uh, African born immigrants <laughs> uh, who was raised in Saudi Arabia. So it makes yep. sense. You know that that's where I would, if I were looking to expand my white nationalist brand, I mm-hmm. certainly would be tapping rappers. That would make sense. Um, yeah. So I I, I want to touch on the trans thing um, because uh, it certainly is a hot button issue. Uh, I can tell you my personal opinion. If someone tells me, uh, you know, uh, someone that I knew as a man or as a woman is now telling me I, you know, have... Uh, you know, I've always felt this way or I've realized that I feel this way, that I am a woman or that I am gender fluid or pan-gender or any of the things, and this is what I want to go by. I typically, I'm very libertarian. I'm very, uh, and not just libertarian because libertarian doesn't necessarily mean you have to go with that, but libertarian, uh, or I'm very much in the thinking of if that's what you want to be called or if that's what you want your pronouns to be it, it doesn't really bother me I'm perfectly fine with that and it, it, it certainly means more to the person that's asking than it does to me one way or another so that's typically mm-hmm. where I come from Um, and I, I think some of that is I changed my name to Spike which obviously isn't the same thing as changing uh, or, or re-identifying your gender but I did it when I was three and I was very insistent and people kind of had to go with it because I said this is who I am now so yeah. I, it, personally to me identity is kind of a personal Thing and if someone wants that, that's that's fine with me. Uh, I think what I do find troubling is that uh, there is this idea that anyone who says and for even if I don't necessarily agree with it, for I guess understandable concerns of saying, wait a second, uh, why are we now calling? You, you know, wh- wh- where did this all come from? Seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about it. Whether that's a, a you know a. a something I agree with or not, the idea that someone who has that opinion not only is a bad person, but actually needs to be stamped out from society and their opinion shouldn't be even be allowed to be said um, is a very troubling thing. Because even if you and I, and, and, I, and I, I'm interested to get your take on that, but even if you and I both agree, or even if the vast majority of people agree that, you know, If that someone should uh, use the preferred pronouns of someone, even if this is the thing that we all go, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, I guess we, we mostly agree on that. You've started a precedent that something short of just straight-up genocide. It's one thing to say, I think an entire race of people should be rounded up and killed or something like that. Yeah, no, that probably—there's not a lot of positive discourse to come from that. It it is essentially a veiled call to to violence. That's one thing. But saying something like, I think that gender should be tied specifically and only to biological sex, and I don't think there's any other validity, the idea that that's something that shouldn't be said is— I think that that's not. I, I think that's absurd to say that that can't even be talked about. That 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 the subject of gender identity shouldn't be talked about. That
2: it's even a conversation, given that that's ninety five percent of the entire world's pro- population probably um, thinks that and has no even discernment between the terms gender and sex. Like this is a very very or at very least identifies modern, based
3: on their sex. This right? is a, this is an
2: extremely modern, extremely Western contentious issue. Right. If I show my deadlift tweet to people in the majority of people in the world, like it doesn't even make sense to them. Cause right. like What do you what do you even mean you identified as a woman like that doesn't make any sense. Right. But in the past 10 years, everyone has suddenly decided that, you know, you can invent your own gender. Even you can be non-binary. You can, you know, be a unicorn, a, a chocolate hippopotamus like you can be whatever you want. And not just that, but everyone else is supposed to, you know, just nod their head in agreement under the threat of some punishment or something like that it's nonsense to me right like to me there's a big difference between politeness and political correctness okay. right and i can be i can be totally polite to someone and i do know trans i know more trans people than most people do simply because i know and i'm connected to way more people, so many people than most yeah. people are most people probably know zero trans people right i'm acquainted with at least 10 right so i look if someone is like with most things Firstly, it's a funny thing because when you talk to someone, you don't use pronouns anyway, so that's part of why the whole conversation right. is funny, right? So, if you were trans and we're having mm-hmm. the whole conversation, I call you Spike, I call you you, right? Okay. I'm not at no point do I re- this whole conversation at no point am I going to refer to you as he, him, or his, right. right? Like it's it's not even relevant. It's only if I were talking to someone else now about me and right. I'm referring to you. So that's something that's like extra insidious about it because it's like you're not even talking about someone speaking to you directly. It's actually like you're trying to control the speech of someone when they're like referring to you in another in the sense. third person, right. yeah, in the in, in the third person. So, and also, it's also a bit of a non-issue because in reality, most people will just default to whatever the person actually looks like, right? I don't know why people don't really bring up this point, right? So if somebody if somebody is transgender, but you know they've done like you know they've really really done a full transition and they actually look like a woman. Um, you know, they're biological male, but they actually look like a woman or right. vice versa. Then most people are just good. People are going to just say, like, we do this every single day. We've done this our entire lives, right? You mm-hmm. see a, a woman in the store. You're like, oh yeah, her, you know, she, you don't think, oh, what is this person's pronouns? Like, well, it looks like a woman. I'm going to say she. Right. And that's what everybody already does. I'm sure right, right. there have been people who I'm not even aware are transgender or whatever, and I'm like, oh, well, that looks like a woman, so I say she. Or that looks like a man, or I see he, or whatever. Or if someone, you know, really has like a thing about it, like most people, again, most people will be willing to be fairly polite and accommodating. But most people, number one, people don't like to be forced to do things. People certainly don't like having their speech right. compelled. Certainly not under the threat of any kind of like punishment or anything like that. Um, but but also, um, oh, I've lost my, I've I've just lost a second point right there. I had. I just lost a second point. I might, I, I might, I might come back to that one. No problem. But yeah, no you problem. know, pe- people don't like being told what to do, and and people all. Oh, I remember. And people also don't want to have to look. You should always be able to say the truth, okay? And the truth is that a man cannot actually turn into a woman, and a woman cannot actually turn into a man from like from a true biological, genetic, chromosomal sense. Like people want to talk about like science, right? You can't act. I cannot actually turn into a woman. It's not possible. It is not possible. I could, I could dress like a woman. I could take hormones. I could even go undergo certain surgeries to make me look more like a woman. But I will never be the same as a biologically born female. It's, it's impossible, right? And that should not be controversial. This is simply a fact. Just like I cannot become, you know, I, I could not become ethnically Jewish. You could not become ethnically Igbo-Nigerian. Right. right. You just you can you could do stuff to make yourself look more like me. <laughs> I could do stuff to make myself look more like you. Right. But I can't I can't actually, you know, beyond the you know, I, I could convert to Judaism, but I couldn't actually become the faith. Right. 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 Yes. Right. I couldn't actually become a Jewish person ethnically. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not possible. Right. No, no matter what I do, this is just a biological, factual reality. So. If someone wants to or feels like or, you know, whatever terminology they want to use, you know, they want to live their life in another way, most people don't really care. Like most people don't just don't really want to be bothered. Like I'm not gonna bother them. I don't want them to like bother me or force me to do whatever, right? Most most people, certainly in the Western world, most people are pretty liberal in that sense, right? As in, okay, fair enough. Like that's who you are. Maybe I don't even totally understand it. I don't. I don't hundred percent understand the idea of okay, I'm a man, but I like feel internally like a woman. I I don't. I don't but understand that. But if you're that.
3: but if you're asking me to call you this, then you know it's no skin off my back type of thing. As opposed to yeah, you I have don't, to don't, call me this or you're a no, bad like, person. I, like
2: I don't care. Like I said, I mean, I know trans people, and I'll call them by whatever I'll call them by whatever their name is. And I'll right. typically, if I'm referring to them in the third person, if they look like a man or they look like a woman, I'll just say oh he she whatever. Like I don't. Right. I don't think about it. I'm not thinking about let. But I think the whole z's them, they them the, all that stuff. I think is. I ridiculous. don't understand it. You know? I don't understand it. If people want to, if people want to roll with it, and it's their choice, that's fine. But that's I'm thing. not. Yeah. You know, like like I can't even force someone to like. Of course, people call me he, but I can't. I can't. I, I wouldn't even. I, I wouldn't want to compel. Certainly not with any threat of the government for someone to refer to me as he. Right. If someone wants to call Zuby a she. They can go ahead. Right. People right. might be a bit look at them a bit weird. Like, why are you calling that dude with a beard? She. But I don't care. Right. Even if I may consider it impolite or I might not like it or whatever. You know, it's it's whatever. It's not. It's not. It's also not the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> it's like, you know, there, there, we have a lot of real, real, real issues in this world. Right. And it's like right. to get stuck on this thing of pronouns. It's like, man, how how privileged are we that this is even a conversation of
3: debate? You know what I mean? Especially the hot button issue. I think an interesting thing to me, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, the difference between asking and demanding or shaming, is that for a very long time, I was by default on the whole trans subject. I'm like, nope, nope, you're a man or you're a woman, and it's based on what you were born on. And I don't even, you know, and I, I even went to the extent of saying... And I don't care what you want me to call you, I'm going to call you this because Mm -hmm. the initial introduction of this to me was not, hey, this is how we feel and we'd like to have a conversation with you about why we feel that way because we hope that you identify us that way. It started as, this is who we are. The -hmm. people who disagree with us are bigots and we are actively, in some cases, working to make it either illegal or just publicly shaming anyone who disagrees with it without having any kind of discourse on it. And it was when... There were some people, some trans people and you know uh, trans friendly advocates who actually said, "Well, do you want to have a discussion about it?" and I'm like, Sure, let's have a discussion on it. That I actually ended up softening my position on this, uh, or at least softening to the extent I'm saying, okay, listen, I don't, like you said, I don't understand it. People ask me my position on trans issues. You know, I just traveled the country running for vice president. People would ask me, you know, what are your 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 position on trans issues? And I say, Listen, I have trans friends and loved ones. I don't fully understand it. If someone asks me, tells me I'm a woman, call me Sheila, okay, you're a woman and 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 you're Sheila. You've asked me that. Past that, I don't really understand it. But the reason why I became as tolerant as I am on this is because people wanted to engage with me on actual back and forth discourse that sometimes was uncomfortable discourse, but it was actual discourse. And it's kind of troubling. It's very troubling, actually, this idea on college campuses of all places that ideas that might potentially deeply, even deeply, deeply offend someone or even make someone feel invalid can't be talked about at all that there can't be a discourse on things because if you don't have that di- because if you don't have that discourse you aren't actually changing minds if you are doing things based on shame or even the threat of government coercion you are Forcing people. It's the difference between evangelizing your faith to someone and spreading it with a sword and saying, convert or die. It is a very troubling thing, and it doesn't lead to a change culturally that's positive for the people doing that. It leads to people, you know, kind of often uh, capitulating and going along with it until eventually enough people stand up and say, you know what? I I don't even know how I feel about this, but I'm not going to let you tell me what to to say and what not to say. And it actually leads to anti-backlash to that thing because you've now you've sort of created heroes or Mm -hmm. martyrs out of the people who are just saying you know what I'm not sure how I even think about this and you're lumping them in with people who are like I think trans people should be killed or something like that like you end Mm -hmm. up pushing people into an active into a a more of a radicalism or at least being tied to radicalism because they have questions or because they don't understand or because they want to know more about it and I think that that is incredibly troubling and that's you know it sounds like that's sort of what got you into being as vocal uh, politically and socially and and, and and culturally as you are, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, what you said there is interesting. I mean, something I've noticed, and this, goes, this is certainly true for um, the whole trans debate, but it's also true for a lot of other debates, which is that the activists are not representative of the people they claim to be advocating for.
3: Often not, places, yeah. Right? Yeah. So
2: a lot of these trans rights activists, firstly, a lot of them are not trans. I think majority of them probably are not, and those who are, in my experience and from what I've gathered, they're not really representative. Of, like I think most trans people just kind of want to live their life and not be bothered, right? Right? Like, like I think that's what most people want, right? As someone who's in general, trans, yeah. that's what that's what most people want. You know, just live my life and don't be bothered. I don't want to be. I don't want to be attacked. I don't want people to insult me as I walk down the street. I don't want to be discriminated against in the workplace or in a shop or whatever, regardless of my race, my gender, my identity, my sexuality, whatever. I'm 100% on board with that, dude. I don't want anybody being discriminated against in any way. But I think that especially with the trans thing, because like I said before, most people don't know anybody who's trans. So if your introduction to it is these like really aggressive, (laughs) unpleasant, bullying, so-called trans rights activists who are there trying to compel people under the threat of punishment to use certain words or they're just, you know, saying stuff that is totally opposed to biology or they're advocating for dangerous things such as, you know, allowing anyone who identifies as a woman – To participate in women's sport or to use a woman's changing room or go into their um you know private spaces etc then you're gonna you're gonna have a problem you're gonna get met with resistance like you said right there's a difference between someone just going oh hey man like you know this is this is who i am this is what i feel whatever you know i'd appreciate it if this you know you i someone doesn't even need to tell me that like i will i will do that by default right like i've met people who i'm like okay this person is like you know, I can see this person is, is trans email, or yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, they're presenting as a, like, I don't even say anything. Like, I, don't, I don't acknowledge it. Like I just, I'll just talk to them and treat them as I would anybody else. They don't even need to pull me to the side and say, oh, okay. You know, refer to me as this or that. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, what's your name? Your name is Jane. Okay. I will call you Jane. I don't, right. right? I, I, I don't care. I'll treat you the same way as I treat other people. Just be decent. I'm not going to be like extra nice to you just because, you're trans, right, just like I'm not going to be extra nice to you because of your race or your ethnicity or whatever, like I'm just going to treat you normally. If you're a decent person, awesome, like we'll get on well. If you're an awful person, I'm not going to like give you some leeway, like just because you belong to what is considered a protected group or something like that, you know, and I don't want people to treat me the same way. I'll tell people all the time, like, you know, with me, you know, being a being a black guy, I'm like, yo, I don't want any special treatment. I don't want special negative treatment. <laughs> I don't want special positive treatment either. Like I'm just I'm just me. I'm Zuby. I happen to be I happen to be born to parents from this part of the world. <laughs> right. Just right, like right. you happen to be born. Right? It's just like random, random chance. That's how God made me. This is what I am. This is what I look like. This is my heritage. And cool. You know? Everyone's always talking about diversity. I'm like, yeah, that that's dope. Like I think it's cool that there are different colors of people and that people come in different shapes and sizes and heights and i'm like that's cool like imagine how boring the world would be if everyone everyone just looked the same everyone thought the same like we're all just like some sort of drones or clones or something that would be horrible but beyond that i mean that's why i think you know it's all of why i think all of these so many of these isms you know, prejudice and discrimination in general, racism, anti-Semitism, sexism, you know, like, homophobic. It's all stupid to me. And it's it's been stupid to me since I was a child. Like, I never even had to have it explained. I'm just like, well, everyone's just like a person, right? As someone who believes in God, I'm like, well, everyone's made in God's image. Like, everyone is a child of God. So whether you are black or Jewish or Asian or white or Arabic, I don't care. Like, I'm going to treat you... (laughs) I'm going to treat, gonna, you, gonna treat you like yeah. someone who's who's a who's a child of God. Like you, be decent to me; I'll be decent to you, and that's that's it. Like it, it's to me, it's it's that. It's literally that simple. It's literally and, that simple.
3: And even some of the issues that you're talking about, like uh, you know uh, whether uh, uh, trans people should be uh, uh, allowed to go into the bathroom of their uh, preferred or identified gender or whatever, or whether they should be able to participate in sports or any of these things. If you just let people be free to associate and disassociate as they wish, that will largely work itself out. If this restaurant or store says whatever you identify as in go in that bathroom and enough people have a problem with that, they can go somewhere else. Or if another store or restaurant or business or whatever says, no, you should go based on I don't know how they enforce that but even if they if they yeah. did you know if you look like a woman you to to me you have to go in the woman's room and if you look like a man to me you have to go in the men's room and they actually have someone there standing that which yeah. by the way which what made that to be <laughs> so like it's, who, it's how do silly. you even enforce that it was it's, it's it was a such silly, a, it, but, it's but but silly but silly so if they did that and enough people had a problem with that then they could go somewhere else and and a lot of these things get handled through uh, uh, you know, through people being free, and I, I live in South Carolina in the in the U.S. and and in North Carolina, the state just above us, um, or just north of us, because they're not above us, we're better than them. But uh, in in, in North Carolina, um, in North Carolina, they had a, a debate on trans restrooms, and there was a city I forget, I, I think it was Charlotte, uh, which is one of the bigger cities in North Carolina, which mm-hmm. mandated trans bathrooms, which again. Okay if any bathroom anyone went into, it wasn't like anyone got arrested for going into a bathroom. It was just this rule that they passed. And so then North Carolina, which is much more conservative overall, passed a a rule of saying, no, you can't let trans people in bathrooms, which shocked everyone because they're like, how the hell are we even supposed to enforce this? And eventually, I believe it all got struck down um, uh, or or it actually got uh, repealed based on boycott threats. Um, but, But to me, I'm like, why not just let the person who owns the bathroom decide this? And they're more than likely going to be like, "I don't even." Get, no are we cares. keeping track Nobody of cares. who's in the bathroom? Like, like go you, to the bathroom. Know, no,
2: yeah, no one, no one is checking genitals before you walking. Right, into the toilet, I was right. Again, again, people will <laughs> just like, like, like I've said before, right? People, it, it's, it's, it's a non-issue. I mean, I think, I think even <laughs> there's a part of me that like I'm happy to talk about this, but there's a part of me that feels like even this discussion. And this debate is is certainly at high levels. To me, it's it's all it's all a distraction, right? You think oh, of there's all definitely the problem, an aspect. Of think of all it. the problems that exist in the USA. Think of all the problems that exist in the world, and people are wasting time and money, right? If you're talking politics, right? Mm-hmm. All these people are being paid by tax dollars, and it's like you're talking about who's using what bathroom in North Carolina. Restroom. I'm like, are there not more <laughs> pressing issues which affect no? No, no, we're not talking about zero point, I don't know, 0.1% of the population. We're talking about like everybody, things that affect everybody, things that really matter. Like any time we're spending talking about this other stuff is time spent not talking about or solving some of the more pressing things. And like I've said, like most people are pretty, um, most people in the Western world are pretty just like, I don't even want to, not even like I I think socially liberal in the sense of like you know
3: whatever go do you go do what you want
2: to do that doesn't harm people you know God bless you whatever right like I'm just not just not bothered people are sort of apathetic unless it's something that is you know directly infringing on something else right that's why with the whole trans debate like the thing I highlighted of course was the thing in sport because the sport thing look that's that's a different situation right because now if you're allowing. Especially in a physical sport or something strength based, etc. You know, if you are now saying that someone like myself could simply reduce my testosterone levels, say for a year, and then I can go and compete in women again in rugby or boxing or powerlifting, or like we've got a problem here, right? Like, or or if uh, you know, I I have no plans on ever going to prison, but if I went to a prison, the idea that I can tell the people there that I actually identify as a woman, and then they should go and put me in the female in the prison, prison despite yeah. my my beard and my testicles and my penis right this it's it's absurd it's almost like something out of south park it's like guys come on like can we just be let's not be stupid here right you you can respect and be polite to people um even people who don't sort of fit the typical mold of what we may consider normal right. you can you can be accommodating for all these people but we can also recognize reality and we can recognize biology and we can make sure we don't step on the toes of 50% of the population in order to please, you know, less than 1%, far less than 1% of the population, which is a big problem we you know which is the thing that does happen with uh the sports, right? Cuz let's be real, right? it's not me- it's not males, it's not men that are going to be impacted by that, right? It, it- it's women cuz there's no advantage of being a, you know, if a if a woman transitions into a man, from a physical, in way, yeah, right? physical strength, yeah, there's, there's, there's no there's yeah, no yeah. physical advantage there. But the other way around, there, there is because biology is real, biology exists, and that, that is simply a fact. And whenever we are suspending objective facts or ignoring objective facts in order to make people feel better or to be PC or avoid hurting feelings or whatever, then we're, we're actually in really dangerous territory.
3: Well, I for one would like to get to a point where we have solved so many of the world's problems that we can hyper focus on things like uh, where you know wh- what Walmart uh, uh, or Tesco. That's a tes- te- yeah. I, I'm trying yeah, to tesco. be very. I'm trying to be continental here uh, uh, or worldly. Uh, you know what 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 a grocery store is 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 what their bathroom genital policy is. Uh, then I, I think that I think that we will have progressed quite a bit as a society if that is truly if we if we fixed. All of the other world's problems. So let's let's talk about some of this other stuff. Let's talk about something that is affecting a large, large number of people right now, uh, uh, and that is uh, COVID, and especially these lockdowns related oh to it. Uh, you live in uh, the UK, uh, yeah. where it is illegal to uh, look out a window. It's like Bird Box, basically, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's like Bird Box right now, right? Like you, it, like if you look I, I out a window, seen,
2: I haven't seen the movie. Oh,
3: okay, well, so in Bird Box, well, spoiler alert: if you look outside too long, you die. Um oh, okay. and and that's basically the premise of the movie uh, and it never is explained why and I now feel bad that I've ruined Bird Box for you uh but it uh, frankly it came out in 2017 so I don't you know maybe you should have already seen it but uh you know we've we've I you actually put out something saying guys you can walk outside this isn't a, a nuclear attack and now you you actually. Increasingly can't. I put out something similar in uh, in uh, gosh in like back in April, and I yeah. live in a suburban area where and in South Carolina, like even when we had the lockdowns, they weren't that strict compared to other areas, and now we have almost no lockdowns. But I was like, guys, you can go for a walk. And then that's actually not true in a lot of places, and it happened really, really quickly. You actually tweeted that the the the, you know stage in stage uh, six lockdown, uh, everyone has to (laughs) clap for healthcare workers, and the first person to stop clapping gets shot. Which I, if it saves one life, that we do this. So talk to me about what it's like there, because I know often it gets. You know, I get told that you know if you have a kitchen knife, uh, you're going to jail in 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 the UK. Like if you if they catch okay. you spreading butter, you're you're gone, <laughs> right? So like I hear the extreme, and I'm like, I don't. Maybe that's true. I don't think that's tr- how bad are these lockdowns? Are you in London or? I live in Southampton,
2: which is in the same, which is now gone into Tier Four, which is the same level of restrictions as London. So Tier okay. Tier
3: Four is basically lockdown. So what, like, what does that look like? What, w- in your day, mm-hmm. w- what are some of the major ways in which this lockdown is pr- pre- preventing you from living your life how you would have otherwise done, you know, in this weird time between Christmas and New Year's? Well,
2: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna confess to, you know, committing any, any crimes. No, 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 a, no, no, uh, no, no, not at all. On a
3: podcast, but
2: um, it doesn't, <laughs> personally, it does not affect me very much apart from the fact that my local gyms are closed. Okay. And um, most of the so-called non-essential shops are now closed as of Boxing Day. So this okay. is very recent. Okay. Um, prior to that, Southampton was in Tier Two. Um, so yeah, that, that's what it means. I mean, you know, people, people are going outside. People are going outside exercising, walking, whatever. Okay. It's just, okay. It's just that the, the shops are closed. It's not. It's not really like you've got the. I mean, to be honest, where I live, Southampton has been. Uh, certainly, compared to London, because I have been to London a couple times this year, Southampton has been a lot more relaxed than London. You know, the even when we had the initial lockdown, I mean, I was going out every single day, and I was walking past the police all the time, and they'd I, they'd wave to me and we'd chat and whatever. Like, they, they, it, they, we've never had. Um, I I've never witnessed in real life here in Southampton any sort of like super draconian or super authoritarian enforcement of the rules. Um, sure, you go outside and it's like, okay, it's certainly a lot quieter than right, it normally would right. be, but it's not like, oh, you're walking down the street and the police roll up on you and ask for your papers or anything like that. No, it's it's not like that. I know that it was like that in, a, you know, my sister lives in Dubai. I know in Dubai it was like that. You literally needed governmental permission to even leave your house or your apartment. And wow. if you were caught outside without that, then you were fined, I think, about $1,000. So we we we've never we've never had that level of um you know it's 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 the sh- it's the stuff being closed that you notice right that's so the
3: biggest thing yeah yep.
2: restaurants being closed music venues being shut um clothing shops now are shut uh gyms now closed again all of that stuff that's that's what you notice and then of course that has the knock on impact of less people being out and about but it's not like you know you step outside your your door and you know you get you get sniped by somebody or something like that so yet um no not yet no
3: that's tier five (laughs) Um. it is it is incredible to me to watch And and just full disclosure, I am of the belief that 10 years from now, we will look back on these lockdowns and say, what the hell did we do? Like, this is a highly virulent pathogen, possibly even two or three years. This is a highly virulent pathogen that spreads more easily than the flu. It is absurd to tell people long term uh, or to think that I personally believe this is a very serious virus. It should be taken seriously. Telling everyone that they can't go anywhere unless it's a big box retail store is not a serious. Proposition. And it doesn't actually work to slow the spread of the virus. Uh, you know, we have states that have lots of restrictions and their virus, their, their COVID rates are through the roof. We have mm-hmm. states with little restrictions and their rates are low. We have mm-hmm. states with lots of restrictions and, and their rates are low, and we have lots of states. We have states with little restrictions where their states are high. It's mm-hmm. almost as if it has little to nothing to do with the lockdowns, and that these lockdowns are largely just you mentioned the biggest thing is it's hurting small business, small and medium-sized businesses. Amazon is fine. Uh The the, the, the hotel industry, which is getting massive bailouts, at least in this country, I would would presume in most countries as well, is doing fine. Uh, You know, uh, 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 Zoom... Is you know making record profits, but yep. it's the small business where your likelihood of getting COVID was next to nil to begin with, because there were probably only six people in that building at a time to begin with. That that is being affected, or the, or the restaurants that couldn't afford to retrofit drive through into their into their business that's being affected. So that that's my disclosure on what I think about this. Um, yeah, my my concern is how quickly this has happened. We went from two weeks to slow the spread to stay inside until we have eradicated illness. And, and it comments. happens super quickly because they are the, 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 the media and the way this is presented. If you don't actually read what comes out of the CDC or whatever the equivalent is in the UK, which is far less hyperbolic than what we get from media and politicians, unless you're reading that directly from them, you get the impression that if you glance by someone that has COVID and come within even six or seven feet of them for even a brief moment, bam, you've got COVID. If that were the case, we'd all get COVID and it wouldn't matter
2: yep yep
3: to they are utilizing they're basically trying to give everyone um uh, uh what's the uh, hypochondria like it's yeah. it's like this
2: <laughs> oh my I don't gosh think they're trying. I, I think they did you know they yeah, I, they've trained people to see each other as you know pathogens as virus <laughs> vectors right. rather than as human beings you know yeah we, we're barely even seeing people's faces these days anymore i was in romania to um, um for two months uh september no sorry I was in Romania, October and November. And, um, you know, in Romania, they have like an out, outdoor... They have a, a mask mandate for any time you're outside your house. So you can be like... So anytime you're out in public, hundred you know, 98% of people are wearing masks anywhere. Walking down the street, mm-hmm. on a mountain trail, yep. walking around, you know, standing by themselves with no one around them for yeah. 100 meters, mm-hmm. you're mandated to wear a mask. I mean, yep. it's... uh. It's very bizarre. And seeing the way even different countries are doing it and all of the sort of inconsistencies and the anti-scientific stuff and the –
3: just uh, it's just not logical. It is logical, anti right? – thank you. So, it's anti-scientific. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's not logical. And people, people want to keep saying science, but, you know, people are talking about scientism because as soon as yeah, – there's something I've tweeted before where I said, like, people only like science when it agrees with them, which I think is very <laughs> truthful, right, because – People will be talking about science. I believe in science. I'm pro science. Firstly, saying you believe in science is that's a, not a,
3: how science works. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's a very it's a very religious statement. Um, believe and, you know, in science? Oh, God. No, it's like no. I scientific method is a thing which has its purpose and right. which we use. But saying you just it's like well, which science? Which scientists? Which experts? Like anyone who's honest knows that. Firstly, science is often wrong. Like science is always wrong. Science is always changing. The whole process, the whole point of it is, you know, it changes and it updates, etc. So as soon as you start treating it like a, you know, like a fundamentalist religion and you start worshipping certain scientists or certain so-called experts, despite the fact that they've been wrong all year, then, you know, again, you're just falling into silly thinking. And it would be lovely if this was just something we could laugh at. But it's like, man, this is having very real world repercussions on a – Local on a level, global scale level, global it, level yeah
3: it is insane to me and thank you for bringing up the sign it is anti science to tell someone that if you are at the park by yourself or you know within you're not within <laughs> 20 30 people you've got to wear a mask why that makes no sense i just traveled to 35 states over 75 campaign stops and came well within uh 6 feet of probably somewhere we estimate between 10 and 15,000 people mm-hmm. um and If you read the science, you have to be within six feet of someone who is either symptomatic or asymptomatic, but for an extended period of time, anywhere from eight to 15 minutes, usually indoors. Okay, now I'm not telling people they need to skirt this and they need to try to get as close to people and 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 spend as much of that time as possible. What I'm saying is that in your everyday, day-to-day conduct, especially if you are wearing a mask inside anyway, I- inside most of these places anyway, your likelihood of getting this virus, if you keep basic safety precautions, and the fact that there was a run on soap at the beginning of this, told me that a lot of this is just people need to wash their hands, Um uh i do you know mf doom yeah, yeah. do you know? okay he did his song wash your hands Uh, A few years ago, if people had just heard that song, I think a lot of this would have been avoided to begin with, because when when all of a sudden there was no hand sanitizer, I'm like, oh, y'all weren't washing your hands before this, were you? Um, And uh, but, you know, basic safety precautions that I took not being right up in people's faces. I didn't have to hug every single person I saw. Uh, I did a lot of elbow bumps and things like that. But I was able to travel more than I've ever traveled in my life and interact with literally Well over 10,000 people in person, both indoors and outdoors, more often than not, not wearing a mask. And neither I nor any of the people there got any of these illnesses uh, uh, because we kept basic safety precautions. There was never uh, any none of my events were ever linked to any kind of outbreak or anything like that because we didn't. You know, get in each other's faces. That was the biggest thing. We didn't we we encourage people not to eat or drink after each other. Just Mm -hmm. basic how not to get sick stuff. Like how not to get the cold or the flu or any of this stuff is just take basic precautions. If this thing was airborne and and being within a couple feet of someone or or within five feet of someone without a mask is gonna guarantee that you get it, you're going to get it. If it's airborne and you stay inside, you're going to get it. That's why the cold is so widespread, because it's in the air, and even if you're in your house, you could still potentially get it i'm sorry i'm ranting go ahead
2: no it's all good man you know we have an immune system the human human beings every day we face thousands of pathogens every all of us have encountered covid already all of us right we have we have an immune system every I single definitely day have yeah for decades all the decades we've been alive your body every single day has been fighting off pathogens Sure, some of them are easier to fight off than others. Some people have stronger immune systems than others. But all of this thing, firstly, we're acting like everyone doesn't have an immune system. And then we're also acting like everyone is also equally likely to catch it. But also, if they catch it, equally likely to die or have similar symptoms, which is, again, is all anti-scientific garbage. We We already know if you're over the age of 70, in particular, and especially if you have some comorbidities, then... Yeah, you do not want to get COVID, right? Like you've got a much higher, you know, the chance, the risk of death goes into, you know, single digit percentages, maybe rising to double digits if you have a ton of comorbidities stacked on top of each other. But if you're under the age of, say, 60 and you are healthy, then the chance of you dying of this thing, it's not impossible, but it's highly, highly, highly highly improbable. Even if you were to catch it, you know, I've never, I'm 34. I've never had a flu in my life. I've never even had the flu. And I've never taken any super extreme precautions not to get the flu. But I I've, I've never had the jab. I've never had been vaccinated. I've just I've just never had the flu. I get a cold every single year. I always get a cold. But I've never exactly. had a flu. So
3: Do you like, know why you get a cold every single year? Cause it's in airborne. the air. Yeah. You can't <laughs> avoid it. There's nothing you can do to avoid a cold. You can, you can, and there's no cure for it. You just have it. And thankfully, like no one dies from the cold. But if it were in the air, if COVID or any other thing was in the air, there's not a damn thing you could do to stop from getting it. So it's not airborne and it's it is it spreads roughly the same maybe a little bit more easily than the flu. So stay out of people's faces. Don't eat and drink after people. Wash your damn hands. Go and sanitize your hands and and anyway, this is a, a it's something that <laughs> bothers me a lot and yeah, it's I all right, man. You're gonna. uh, 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 It is going to spread to a certain extent. Uh, I'm glad that there's a vaccine, uh, and I think that you know a lot of people are going to take the vaccine, and that coupled with the the people that have already gotten it, hopefully will will help you know slow down the spread of this thing. But the idea that we should be shutting down the world in the meantime and causing exponentially worse suffering as a result of it, because you were talking about privilege, telling all of. Sub-Saharan Africa to shut down and not have trade, you are sentencing millions of people to death as a result of that. From things like child malnour, they don't have food bank programs, they don't have you know food uh, uh, food lines that people can go to easily. They don't have a built-in social safety net to the same extent that we do here. You can't shut everything down. And I'm still ranting. I'm sorry. This is like the most. It's all good, man. I, I hear you. I'm with
2: you. I'm with you.
3: <laughs> so, so I want to ask you, and I want to ask you because it's it is like on the hour now. But I wanted to very briefly talk about your, give you a chance to plug your book and the and the take back the power line. Uh, could I get potentially like ten more minutes with you, or do you? got Yeah, go? man, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I just and mostly like I literally I just spent all my time talking about all the stuff I wanted to talk. about, <laughs> And so I, I I now want to give you a chance to, to plug yourself. Okay, cool. So, reset. Resetting the Jew. There we go. Um, okay, so, Zuby, before I go uh, off on an even longer tangent about lockdowns, which is going to be impressive, but frankly uh, might not be the best use of our time, uh, I'd like to get a chance to talk with you about Uh, You're, you know, we were talking about your entrepreneurial stuff that that you're involved in. And and the first thing is, uh, you just uh, had a book that came out uh, called Strong Advice, Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody. And I I was reading through the reviews, and it, it looks like people are pretty, pretty happy with it. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, are, are losing weight from it. T- tell us about this book. What was the, what was the catalyst for this, and, and and what kind of stuff is in it? No spoiler alerts, obviously. Go yeah, buy the no, book no if, if you if you if you want to know what's in the book, <laughs> buy the damn book. But but w- you know, what what led to this, and and you know, what's in it?
2: Yeah, sure. So I mean, I've been I mean, I've been going to the gym for the majority of my life. I started training when I was sixteen. Um, I initially got into it because I used to play rugby. So over the course of the past fifteen years plus. I've, um, you know, I've been through a lot of diet cycles, I've built a lot of muscle, I've gotten, you know, into the top percentage of the population in terms of strength, I've made a lot of mistakes, I've done a lot of things right, I've done a lot of things wrong. And I wanted to just write a book that I wish someone gave me when I was 16, that would have helped me to learn how to build muscle, burn fat, get stronger, gain weight, lose weight, look better, feel better, whatever my goal is, how to train properly, how to eat properly. Uh, how much to eat, how to structure my macros, all that kind of stuff that I had to learn the hard way. Um, I wanted to put together a simple and concise book for people of all ages and men and women to help them reach their fitness goals. So that is what strong advice is. It's very straight talking, just like I am in real life. And on my anyone who follows me on social media knows that I'm, I'm not into BSing people. And there's a lot of nonsense out there in the fitness industry. So uh, that that is what the book is about. So whatever someone's fitness or physique goal is, it's an easy read. I've also got an audiobook version, which I recorded. It's also available now on paperback. Um, and so, you know, it's, man, I've sold over 4,000 copies of it now. It's oh, reached, wow. uh, yeah, it's reached, man, how many, I want to say, I've. I think it's reached 60 different countries now. It's wow it's been bought by customers in 60 different countries and this is a totally independent release it's only available through my website teamzubi.com as well as gumroad it's not even on amazon so the the book has been a success um it's been really helping a lot of people and i'm i'm so glad i wrote it cuz i almost didn't and it's um it's something i probably could have written years ago but i'm glad that it's out there now i'm glad it's helping people so if someone wants just a a simple easy to understand quick read Book that will help them reach their fitness goals, help them eat better, train better, et cetera, then. I highly recommend checking it out. So, favorite.
3: if any of you like me have gained the COVID fifteen here over the the course of the the locked and I have no excuse because I wasn't even locked down, I was all over the damn. I just <laughs> I was just eating good. Uh, if you like me uh, have gained uh, a COVID fifteen, you might want to check out this book. Uh, um, Strong advice: Ubi's guide to fitness for everybody. Uh, and then the other thing is, you have a clothing line called Take the Power Back, which I love that name because I say you were the power. I'm all about taking the power back. I believe that actually. Politics is largely the discussion of power dynamics uh, mm-hmm. applied to policy. And uh, and that, you know, really what libertarians are calling for is to take the power back. So whether that yep. was subliminal or that is literally what you meant by it, then uh, I, I love it anyway, either way. Uh, but so an interesting thing about your, uh, your clothing line, it's super, super uh, 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 limited and exclusive. And it has embedded blockchain technology. I intentionally didn't read what that meant just because I wanted to be as confused as I currently am right now about what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Your, your, your clothing me, line I'm has- seeing imp- I'm seeing if
2: I uh, have one of the hats here. One sec. So we made 125 caps, 125 t-shirts, and 50 hoodies. The hoodies have all sold out now, um, but you can still get the, the t-shirts and the caps. So each item has um, has an NFC chip embedded in it right there. And it's registered on the VeChain blockchain. So you can scan this with an app you download on your phone, the Bitcoin movement app, and you scan it and it will tell you what edition number. So if I scan this app, it'll tell me this is cap number one of 125 and it authenticates it's uh, it shows that it's an official part of the collection. So if someone tried to sort of make a, you know, if someone tried to clone this hat, they saw the logo and they're like, okay, I'm just going to make that hat, then it won't it won't verify. So there's an NFC chip embedded in there. It's the same with the T-shirts. It's the same with the hoodies. So you scan that, and then um, let's uh, focus that. Yeah. So so you scan you scan that, and then um, it's it's a way to prove the authenticity of your product. So um, yeah, so it's uh, it's something a little bit different. I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency, big fan of Bitcoin. So I partnered with um, Bitcoin Movement. That's why it's got the 21 there. All the thing, you know, it's all based around the 21 million Bitcoin. So you got the Team Zubi twenty one million take the power back. Um, So yeah, it's uh, something a little bit different.
3: And uh, I'm gonna get. I'm literally about to order one of those because uh, I love blockchain. I like things that. uh, So my my uh, my brother and I often are in a uh, a war over who can get stuff uh, before someone else can. I can get this and hopefully then the other ones get sold out both for your benefit and so I can be like, "Ha, ah, you can't even get this." Um yeah. so that's that's really cool. Um and you know, a blockchain is the future of uh, crypto crypto everything, but especially cryptocurrency. Uh you know, we're, for anyone that's saying, "Oh, you know, uh, Bitcoin is volatile." Yeah, it is. It's volatile, but in this direction. Whereas yeah. yes, it's true that fiat currency is steady, it has been steadily losing money or value. The entire time it has existed, uh, or at least certainly in the U.S., uh, that, that that's the case. Uh, and I remember when the pound sterling was worth a lot more per U.S. dollar uh, than it currently is now, and uh, it certainly hasn't lost value because the U.S. dollar has gained value. So uh, I can I can imagine, and uh, any of the reasons an American would want to shift to cryptocurrency is probably even more so uh, in the in the U.K. as well. I have just one final question I have to ask. What got you into hip hop? Like, what is that something you've always been into? And then, I guess, as a s- follow up to that question, how are you? How do you have the least British accent I've ever heard of a British person in my? Is that because you've just traveled so much and and largely lived outside of the UK? I know that's two completely different questions.
2: That's fine. I'll answer the second one first. So, um, okay, like I said I I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I didn't grow okay. up in the UK. So when I was in Saudi, I went. I was in the American school system from kindergarten up until fifth okay. grade. Okay. So most of my teachers were American. Lots of my friends were American. So I picked up the accent there and it softened a little bit since I've been in the UK for a long time. But it's just a hybrid of the it's just a hybrid of the two. Yeah, So that's where the accent comes from. Um, In terms of hip hop, um, you know, I have two older brothers who used to listen to quite a lot of hip hop when I was when I was a kid. And then I went to boarding school when I was 11 years old. um, And when I was in school, like I just got into a whole bunch of rappers. Um, and my friends and I would just we were we were all just became hip hop fans, and we would just you know buy every CD that came out, just constantly be listening to the music, and that's how I got into it. And then um, when I was in university in my first year at Oxford, I uh, started rapping. I just started as a hobby, found out I was good at it, and kept doing it. Released my first album when I was 19, and then um, yeah, just uh, just been been going and growing from there. And I've that's got my new awesome album coming out. I'm recording my new album um, in January, and so you'll, people are going to be getting a lot of new music next year.
3: That's cool. So we'll have another we'll have another thing to use. We'll have some new music to use for our, our intro oh, man, on Muddy I, Waters. I got, some,
2: I got some killer songs coming out. Like,
3: I'm looking forward stuff. to it, man. Yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge hip hop head, and uh, when I got turned on to your music, I'm like, yes. And then when when my, totally independent of that, my uh, uh, partner in, in Muddy Waters Media was like um so i know that you prefer for us to use rap music as the intro uh instead of my his emo ukulele stuff he likes um he said so i got a a rapper named zuby and i'm like i literally just found out about zuby and he's like yeah yeah he said that we can use his music i'm like yes so we will so hey man thanks so much for coming on i think that this was uh, a really good conversation and um i'm glad to know you're not a white nationalist that was very um yeah, uh, that was really you cool. know it's good yeah, to, I I
2: was, you're, you're not
3: you're not a nazi are you I, no no i am not part of the the jewish diversity hire for the, okay. the nazi movement okay. but just, thank you just
2: just checking
3: so. i'm gl- no i'm glad you did i'm glad you did each one just teach checking. one each one teach one yeah, but exactly. listen hey thanks so much for coming on man i really it was an honor to have you on i really appreciate it No doubt, man. and thank you folks for watching this uh end of year episode of my fellow americans uh we had quite a year i am so happy that it's almost over and, uh, and uh, be sure we already got stuff tuned in for next year. Have a fantastic new year. Come back here next week uh, for Tuesday at 8 PM Eastern. I don't know what time that is in the UK. I'm sorry, but it's the 8 PM Eastern time uh, for uh, the very first 2021 episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events with our special guest, Thomas Queter Uh, and then on Wednesday, Right here, same spike place, same spike time. Uh, My fellow Americans, Wednesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday the 6th. My next guest will be uh, award winning journalist Cheryl Atkinson. And in the meantime, have a fantastic new year. Thank God this is all almost over. And uh, I will see you next year. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys.
0: Kin, though I view the world to another's iris. If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together, and become hybrid, at the least slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign put a cease to the crimes put an ease to the minds like mine sometimes darkness is all I find you know what they say about an eye for an eye in a time with the blind leave the blind who am I to deny I would cry when a loved one dies I recognize that body outside with a holes in the body that was alive now we find them with chalk outline find out how but you never know why it ain't even make it to the news that night it ain't even make it to the news at that night that's my sister mother father brother son that's one of mine All these people Close my eyes, open up to only find I'm in line There's a pointless murder happening all the time Either lose your life or mine, caught up in the first design That ain't how it started now, how are be supposed to survive? There's a world going on outside, who would want to raise a child? Who the two is flashing by? Now you have to say goodbye when you watch them on the news and 5 Don't tell me how, tell me why